The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. His disciples said to Jesus, Now you are speaking plainly and not using metaphors. Now we see that you know everything and do not have to wait for questions to be put into words. Because of this, we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, Do you believe at last? Listen, the time will come. In fact, it has already come when you will be scattered, each going his own way and leaving me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. I have told you all this, so that you may find peace in me. In the world you will have trouble, but be brave, I have conquered the world. The Gospel of the Lord. So we're in the days between the Ascension and Pentecost. And so once again, um, we're still in the upper room um, with Jesus' final discourse to his disciples. And if you, if you like, that gives us the heart to follow Christ. And then the Acts of the Apostles is the, uh, the, the heart of Christ going out to the world. Um, and so we've arrived, Paul has arrived in, in, um, in Ephesus now, while Apollos has gone on to Corinth in Greece. But I really want to talk in this, this week between Ascension and Pentecost on Christian unity, because it is something that's incredibly important, and we as Catholics cannot think, well, we've got it all together. The fact is the body of Christ is broken, and that should be a scandal for every believer. And, um, and that's what was a sense of, of what's happened to the body of Christ is found in the gospel today. The lit, listen, the time will come, in fact it has already come already, when you will be scattered, each going your own way. And I think in lots of ways that's what's happened in Christian unity. So going back um, to the very early church, already there were tensions with gurus coming along and saying, I've got the truth, or go this way, or you know, follow this way. And, um, and then through the centuries, um, there were big debates coming up. So the third and fourth centuries, um, hold it, just, no, 300s and 400s. So fourth and fifth centuries, there were big debates going on about who Christ was. Was he really a man? Was he, uh, did he, is he really God? And that's where true God and true man came from. But the church, under the leadership of the Pope, had to make some decisions, and that's where the councils came in, and the council of Ephesus and Nicaea um, and Chalcedon. These were the big, um, the big councils that helped us determine um, what we profess in the creed, and the the large creed that we pray on a Sunday, the Nicene Creed, came from from that uh, those debates. This is what we believe. 
as Christians. Around the year 1000, the church split between the East and the West. And so today we have the Greek Orthodox or the Orthodox Church, the Russian Orthodox, um, Romanian Orthodox, all these various Orthodox churches. Um, and their issue was where uh, was um, ultimately about the Pope as one issue, but also how the, the Holy Spirit proceeded from the Father and the Son. There's a major difference there between Catholics and Orthodox. We as Catholics say, you know, the, the, the Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son, while the Orthodox say it proceeds from the Father through the Son. Um, as we advance together in Christian unity, um, each of the Orthodox and Catholic sides have been able to say, actually there's truth in both of what we're saying, but it's the danger of getting stuck in words. And then in about the 1500s, we had the Reformation, um, which split Christianity in the West, when Martin Luther started the Reformation. And, and Martin Luther um, and the Reformers, they went off in one direction and the Catholics went off in another. And it's been this incredibly painful time for the church ever since. Uh, because in lots of ways, the reformers took a great love of the scriptures. And as Catholics, we're not great on, on the scriptures. You know, we had a family Bible at home. It sat in the bedroom, um, the spare bedroom and the wardrobe because Catholics didn't read the Bible. We went with the sacraments and with the saints. And... Um, but for a long time, we've been hopping along on one foot. Um, but more and more, as the ecumenical movement has started up, we've learned to speak together. And even when I was in Timaru, when Pope John Paul died, it was really fascinating when other uh, Christian parishes in the parish in Timaru sent messages of sympathy, saying they felt Pope John Paul was, was their pope too. And that's continued with, with Benedict. And, and with, with Francis, that, that, that more and more Christians are looking to the leadership that our, that our popes offer. But while I was in Timaru, I, I was invited to speak to Women's Aglow, and that's really what I, I really want to talk about this morning. Um, Women's Aglow is the ecumenical um, prayer group uh, 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 for, you know, a charismatic prayer group. And um, I asked uh, the parish worker who was, uh, who was a member of Women's Aglow, what should I speak about? And she says, most people just give a testimony. And I said, I'll have a think and pray about that. And I did have a think and pray about it. And I really felt drawn to talk about Mary as the woman of faith, the woman who uh, um, was open to the Holy Spirit. And, um, and so I said this to Pauline, and she says, you're joking. And I says, no, no, I really feel drawn to, to, to speak about this. And so I went along to speak to Women's Aglow, and the woman who was introducing me says, and we're really interested to hear what the Lord has put on your heart. And I says, well, I'm really glad that you've said that, because I really feel the Lord has put something on my heart. And, um, and I says, but before... I, I tell you what it is. I want to go back 500 years in church history to when the, the reformers and, and the Catholics went their separate ways. And I talked about how we each took 
different things of the tradition with us, but we've been hopping along on one foot because we haven't taken the whole of the tradition with us. And now as we get together, we have to share each other's faith and, uh, and learn to walk together on two feet. And that's always the challenge for us. We need to walk together on two feet. And that means each of us losing something of ourselves, you know, because we're used to walking or hopping just in our own way. But it's when we, when we share each other's faith that we advance together. And that's the, what the Holy Spirit always calls us back to unity. And so, <clears throat> um, so I said, so I want to talk to, to you today about <clears throat> Mary, the woman of faith, the woman who was um, open to the Holy Spirit. And there was this a bit of a shock in the, in the, the uh, people, the women gathered there. And I says, but don't worry. I says, if you're, <clears throat> if you're concerned that I'll stray into heresy, I'll stick straight to the scriptures. And it was an incredible time. And afterwards, these women were coming up to me and saying, we've never heard anything like this. This is so affirming to women. This is so amazing. And um, the, the woman who was leading the singing came up and she said, you know, the thing that really struck me the most when you talked of Mary's Magnificat, that, her song of praise, she says, from all generations, um, all generations will call me blessed. And we've forgotten that. Mary is at the heart of the ecumenical movement because she wants and prays for what her son wants. And his prayer was that we be one. So completely one <clears throat> that the world will know it was the Father who sent him. And that means you and I, if we are true to our Christian faith, will be ones who pray for Christian unity and will be involved in the work of Christian unity. One of the, the traditions that, that we have um, in Hamilton City is the cathedral parishes um, have an ecumenical, um, the Anglican Cathedral Parish and the Catholic Cathedral Parish have ecumenical services on Ash Wednesday and one day during Advent. Um, but often they're poorly attended. You know, that there's so many people that think, I don't actually need to do this. Actually, we can't call ourselves Catholic if we don't attend these, if we don't work for Christian unity. This is what Pope John Paul said 25 years ago when he put out his statement, his, his letter, Ut Unum Sint, on Christian unity. It's 25 years ago since he wrote this. But the energy for working together towards Christian unity is waning. And I know for myself this can be really hard. There's something like 40,000 Christian denominations today. Um, so the challenge, the work, is really hard. But this is what we are asked of. What the church asks of, of us, what Christ asks of us, and what Mary prays for. So therefore, we should pray for it. So maybe in this, this week of prayer for Christian unity, we can make a real conscious effort to pray for Christian unity, 
And when we see opportunities come up in our parishes for reaching out and uh, joining other Christians in prayer or service uh, in the community, that we make a real effort to do it. It's a scandal that the body of Christ, the church, is broken.